You're listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Thoughts and prayers. But approach the epidemic of gun violence in the U.S. fatalistically, as though there's nothing we can really do. Some try to pass universal background checks or advocate banning assault rifles. The NRA gears up and tries to torpedo the political careers of anyone who does so. Legislation is passed by one House of Congress but stalls in the other. We all lapse back into inertia and dread until it happens again. I've been seeing this my whole damn life. I was 10 years old when Columbine happened. And people said then that this couldn't possibly happen again. It was too awful. I remember after Newtown, thinking that this had to be the final straw. This had to be the last one, surely. But it did happen again, and again, and again. Meanwhile, we're killing the planet, so even if we don't blow each other up or shoot each other, What are we supposed to do as a species? It's really hard to be hopeful right now. How in the face of such relentless violence am I supposed to hold on to my hope for humanity? How am I supposed to do that when history seems to repeat itself over and over on an increasingly shorter loop? When nothing seems to get better? How am I supposed to believe that this will end in anything but disaster. And another thing people love to say, besides the thoughts and prayers thing, is that God has a plan. That this will all come right in the end. It's just part of God's plan. We just can't understand it. But what kind of God would plan this? What kind of God would have a plan that included dozens of school children being shot when all they wanted to do was learn how to do their multiplication tables or people just trying to shop at Walmart, getting killed just for being there? That's not a God I can believe in. So if this isn't God's plan, which it isn't, gotta be said, it isn't. If this is actually a result, tragic consequence of our free will, of our right to screw up as much as we want and how as often as we want to, a condition of our chronic sin, then where is God to be found in this? This is where I was when I sat down to prepare to preach this week. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to say? I don't know. And I kind of looked up, generally upward and inward at Jesus and said, I need you to help me out on this one, my dude, because I have no idea. (laughs) And as always happens when I do that, I, uh, I read the text and I found the Hebrews and it helped me. It reminded me of something. It reminded me to have faith. It reminded me that I have faith in a God who cares. A God who far from sitting in some far off place, too remote to be invested in our suffering, 
we have a God who promises to be all up in our business and not in some like Machiavellian way, moving around like check pieces on a board, but loving and present. But what is our assurance that this really is who God is? How do we know that this isn't just a story I'm telling myself to feel better? And we, we, do, we do know, we can know as much as we can know anything uh, because we have scripture. We heard this story today. We heard the story of faith of Abraham and Sarah who walked by faith and their descendants who walked by faith who also messed up and again again and again, but who God never, ever abandoned. And we also know who God is through Jesus. Jesus, who lived in a fragile human body in a violent, chaotic world. Jesus, who experienced the depths of human suffering, who knows what it's like to face the ugliness of this world and yet not despair. Jesus, who offered himself to make us whole. Jesus, who promises to return and finish what he started. I don't know about you, but I am fully ready for that to happen. It feels like if this, this could very well be like the end times, how can this get worse? I don't know. But then I think of things and I feel even worse. But the comforting thing really is that this isn't new, this feeling. Every generation has felt this way. The apocalypse happens over and over again, a little bit at a time. Every generation has had moments where they felt like everything was coming apart, like the world must be ending. Every generation of God's people have made all the same mistakes, just with less sophisticated weapons. Every generation has had to face the fact that the reign of God, this thing we call the reign of God, will probably not be fulfilled in their lifetime. There's a section in the Hebrews reading from today that I just love. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. I really relate to that, you know, being a stranger on the earth, seeking a homeland, especially when you're somebody who has made to f- been made to feel different their whole life, you can really see why uh, it's easier to think, well, this isn't really where I belong anyway. And I think to a certain extent, everybody feels like that sometimes. Being a human is really lonely. You can go through your whole life knowing you're meant for something more, something better, knowing that you're supposed to be with God, but not ever really being able to get close enough or how to get there. The letter to the Hebrews was written to a generation of Christians who, like us, have never, had never walked with Jesus in person. Just like us, they had the witness of those who had gone before, but theirs was a religious community like ours built on faith. 
faith which is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And as I read this passage over this week, I was really struck by something, the rhythm of it, by the way every line begins, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Like, as if faith is some sort of resource or like a catalyst of some kind, like it's a, something God gave them so that they could do what God was asking. It's not something like you have or you don't have. It's something that God is offering to you and something that you can choose to use or to have in return. Like, it's the thing that keeps your heart beating or your feet going one in front of the other by faith, by faith, by faith. It's a real gift of God's mercy, you know? It isn't passive. It's something you have to choose again and again to focus on what God has promised, no matter what's going on around you or how unlikely it seems to you. It's a practice. And later in Hebrews, the author urges the community to keep meeting together in community, even though it's hard, even though they're being persecuted, even though maybe they're thinking, oh, I can just go some other religion that'll uh, that'll give me the answers, or this is too difficult. I, I don't know if it's worth it anymore. And uh, do you know why? It's because Christian community and our worship together is one of the ways that we do get a glimpse of that city that's been prepared for us. The Eucharist, this meal that we eat together every week that we're going to eat together soon, is a foretaste of that heavenly banquet that we will all eat together someday at God's house, at God's table. That's why every week we remember Jesus' death. We proclaim his resurrection and we remind ourselves that he's going to come again, that we are waiting for him. Because we can't see that stuff, but this meal is something we can taste and see. It's food for our journey so that we have the strength to carry on. It's a gift of God's grace to remind us that we need God, that we need each other, and that God needs us to be the hands and feet of Christ in this world. And let me tell you, this is not abstract. This isn't theoretical. My faith, this gift that God has given me, saves my life every day, all the time. I don't know what I would do if I didn't believe in this. I don't know how I would go on. So what does that look like for me? It looks like fighting tooth and nail to trust that God's promises are real. It's stubbornly focusing on Jesus when around me, everything is going to shit. Faith is what gives me the strength to go on and not just to believe that things can change for the better and not only for the worse. Faith that Jesus walks alongside me and that someday we'll all be together in a beloved community with no more pain or death. Until then, I have to keep coming and celebrating the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, remembering his death and proclaiming his resurrection until he comes. And I invite you to do it with me because the way you know something is true is because it's saving your life. Amen.
You have been listening to the sermon podcast for House for All Sinners and Saints. If you like what you've been hearing and would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, just go to our website, www.houseforall.org, and click on Give.